The LA Kings looked to stay perfect on the road as they start a new month, but what did we learn about the Kings from October? That and more on this on-the-road edition of Locked On LA King. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we are also on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the last 30 years, 20 plus years of the Fox Sports Radio Network. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the last 17 years. And of course, a passionate LA Kings fan. For over 30 years, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in a bonus bet with uh, any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, uh, we do have an episode today. It may be a little bit interesting. I am in New York City on vacation um getting ready to get our vacation started we've got a game tonight at madison square garden to see the new york rangers play, play the carolina hurricanes so there's a hockey uh there's a hockey uh part of this vacation as well uh the lighting probably is not as good as it is normally and uh so on and so forth but hopefully you will bear with us uh getting you a show on vacation uh so there's that uh as far as the la kings looking to improve to five and oh on this uh on the road this season um, extending what would be a franchise record winning streak to start uh, the season as far as road wins. Uh, they're taking on the Ottawa Senators tonight. So far, the Kings have posted road wins at Winnipeg 5-1, to at Minnesota 7-3, at Arizona 5-4, to and at Toronto in their last game 4-1. to We're going to get more into this Kings matchup against the Senators. It has some pretty interesting storylines in it. Um, but we're going to start off, I thought, since the month of October has now left us, we're now in November, what were some of the big questions we had for the LA Kings going into the season, and how have they looked uh, at this uh, you know, at this point of the season? I know it's just one month in, and it wasn't even a full month of action, just nine games, uh, but still, we had questions going into the season. Some of them have sort of been answered. Some of them will continue to be answered. But I thought it might be uh, interesting to look back on what I had as far as questions for the Kings going into the season and what those questions, how those questions have been answered at this point. So the biggest question I had for the LA Kings going into the season was what was the future of their head coach? At the time, at the time Todd McClellan was going into the final year of his five-year extension, uh, and I had said, really, no need to sign him to an extension really going into the season because I think everybody knew the reality of his situation, including him, that this was kind of a make or break season for him, whether that's fair or not. Um, he had gotten the, the team obviously to the playoffs two years in a row, but two first round exits and with what the Kings have invested with how much they've spent with the moves they've made. Uh, obviously they're not just looking to get in the playoffs anymore. As we all know, they're looking to get into the playoffs, advance into the playoffs and ultimately be uh, in the running to win 
a Stanley Cup. So that's uh, the pressures on Tom McClellan. It's the pressures on the players right now. Of course, the players are most of them are signed to an extension uh, beyond this year. So they've got more years to get it done. But for Tom McClellan going into the season, he was uh, basically coaching for his job. Well, turns out uh, since then and now, Todd McClellan has signed a one-year extension with the team. So he has, it, it really is just, uh, it's not much of a vote of confidence, a one-year extension. Uh, the Kings are basically saying, what is, I think, the truth that Todd McClellan has done a good job so far, but the expectations are obviously much higher. Um, and so a coaching change still is not out of the question at all. Now, the good news for the Kings is I think they've gotten off to a good start. It's not great. It could be a little bit better, but I think it's along the lines of what we expected, to be honest with you. Um, you know, that they, I didn't think the Kings would come out and be one of the top three teams in the NHL necessarily at this point, uh, especially with a couple of uh, new additions, the goaltending, uh, PL Dubois coming in. Um, but I think they've been, they've been good to very good so far. Definitely already in a playoff position where we expect them to be. So anyway, the one-year extension for Todd McClellan, uh, I think the, it doesn't change anything. It basically just says to him, uh, you know, we, we appreciate what you've done so far. If it ends up not working out in the end, maybe you get an extra year of pay for, for thank you for what you've done to this point, which has been good enough, but not exactly where we want you to be. So the, that question really hasn't been answered um, from, the, from the beginning of the year to now after the first month of the season. Todd McClellan is still basically coaching for his job for next season. If he uh, can get the Kings into the playoffs, if they can advance out of the first round and beyond, then I think you're looking at a uh, maybe adding multi-years on an extension uh, because of that. But we'll see. So another question we had about the Kings going in was the, the penalty kill. Was it going to be a positive this year or was it going to be a negative? It was a negative last year. Uh, we knew that this was something that had to change. Uh, last year, they were ranked 24th in the NHL, 75.8%. Uh, that needed to get a lot better if they were going to do what they wanted to do, which was to advance in the playoffs. That penalty kill was not good enough to advance this team into the playoffs. We talked about Todd McClellan. He made it a priority. He said in the exit interviews that the, the answers were in the room. Uh, in other words, that the people that were on the staff were the guys who were going to get it done and could get it done, in his opinion. And he, Trent Yanni is the other guy that he didn't mention by name, but referenced because one of the, the assistant coaches of the Kings, he runs the defense and he runs the power play, or excuse me, the penalty kill. So it was, uh, it was him and Todd McClellan uh, needing to get this thing fixed. So far, it has absolutely been a positive for the LA Kings. And my opinion was before the season, I was going to have to see it to believe it. Uh, so far, I'm believing it. Uh, the Kings penalty kill right now is ranked ninth in the NHL, operating at 84.4%. Last year, it was at 75.8%. So again, it's a small sample size, but so far uh, through the first month of the season, the penalty kill has been a positive, not a negative. So give credit where credit is due. Credit Todd McClellan, credit Trent Yanni. So far, so good. Uh, they've gotten the job done. And I don't see, you know, with the power play, you can understand how, with Victor Arvidsson being out injured, you can understand with Pierre-Luc Dubois coming in, you can understand with Jordan Spence now running the second unit and, and with Sean Dersey gone, you could see there's some reasons why. And and uh, a friend of the show, Russell Morgan, when he was on with us, talked about uh, you know the lack of 
uh, right-handed shots uh, on that. They've talked about that in the broadcasts of, as well, where that's been a factor where the Kings power play has kind of been one-sided. Um, so there are reasons why the power play hasn't uh, been clicking the way it did last year, but the penalty, I think that can improve. The penalty kill, I think it is what it is. Now, other teams can get a look at what the Kings' strategy is and maybe work off of that, but um, I think the style of the pay, of the PK, what they're doing, how they're being aggressive, I don't think that that uh, is going to go away. I think it, what we've seen so far is what we can see all season, so um, I'm, I'm pretty confident that the Kings have fixed the power play uh, and, again, that it will be good enough uh, at this point, to get them where they want to go. The power play, though, is going to have to improve as we go forward. Uh, so another question I had going into the season, and we're now answering after one month of the season, uh, was the goaltending. How would Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley hold up so far? Well, so far, I think Talbot has uh, has done a good job. 4-2-1, uh, and one, 2.47 uh, goals against average, 9-14 save percentage. I think the numbers are all very respectable. Uh, and for me, Cam Talbot has passed the eye test. I think he's looked pretty good. He's healthy. Um, he's doing what he needs to do to give the Kings a chance to win every night. However, the same cannot be said for Phoenix Copley. At this point, uh, three starts, 1-0-1, 4.98 goals against average, 7.88 save percentage. Now, is it possible Cam Talbot at 36 years old could be a number one goalie uh, and play 50-plus, get 50-plus starts this year and be good and be ready and fresh to go in the playoffs? It's possible. Is it likely? I would say that's not likely. So we're going to need Phoenix Copley uh, to pull some of the rope this season um, and help uh, Cam Talbot to be fresher come biggest part of the season playoff time. Or maybe it's David Riddich. I don't know. Um, he's obviously in the AHL right now, but he's an NHL veteran. He's looked pretty good. He looked pretty good in the preseason. Uh, he has looked good so far in his brief time with the Ontario Reign. So whether it's Phoenix Copley or it's David Riddick, uh, one of those guys is going to have to help Cam Talbot enough uh, down the stretch. Uh, again, I think Talbot has looked good so far after one month, but he's going to need some help uh, going forward. A couple other questions that we need to answer involving the LA Kings, with, which we had going into the season, and we can answer them after one month. Uh, we're going to do that uh, and more continuing this uh, on the road in New York with Locked on LA Kings. We'll do that next on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Trevor Moore scores a hat trick and the LA Kings win the Stanley Cup. Sounds good, right? Well, you know what else sounds good? You winning 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official daily fantasy app of the Locked on NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you pick players based on goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And Sleeper offers 100 times, 100 times uh, payouts. And although we love the NHL, it's not just about hockey. Uh, you've also got the NFL going on into full swing, college football going on as well. And the NBA is underway as well. Uh, so you've got lots of options. It is a great time to get in on all the amazing sports action Make the right picks and you can win big. Just use the promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a hundred dollars match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That is locked on NHL. Use sleepers terms of use for details. All right, a few more questions to answer before we move on from the beginning of the year 
to now after the first month of the season. Uh, another question I had going into the year was, what would the Pierre-Luc Dubois effect be on the lineup? And so far, so good. Um, I'm not saying that he, um, you know, uh, there hasn't been a little bit of a transition period, but it's it's hard to say uh, that his uh, insertion into the lineup hasn't been a positive effect. Now, how much of it has been him? Um, I guess it's hard to say exactly, but the fact is that with him in the lineup, the Kings are leading the NHL in average goals per game at 4.33. Uh, LA is second in the NHL in total goals scored with 39. Now that's one less than Detroit, but the Red Wings have played one more game than the LA Kings. Um, head coach Tom McClellan said it recently uh, after the win in Toronto that his job's pretty easy right now because he's just rolling out four lines and he doesn't have to worry about mixing and matching, not worrying about the lineups. All four lines are playing so well that it's just uh, put them out there and let them do their thing. Uh, certainly, PL Dubois' addition to the top six has, I think, made things easier for everyone a little bit. Um, but also, his teammates deserve a lot of credit, too. They've they've pulled uh, their weight and then some. So how much of it is Pierre-Luc Dubois in the lineup? I don't know. But I think the question of how would he affect the lineup, I think it's he has definitely positively affected the lineup for the LA Kings. I don't, I don't know that there's much question about that. How much of it is 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 his uh, insertion in the lineup? Not totally sure, but I think he's definitely been a positive so far uh, for the LA Kings. Uh, and finally, what was who was going to be the young player that was going to kind of break out and help the Kings? I had said I thought it would be, and, and he's not a rookie to be sure, but he's a younger player, Arthur Kaliev, who's been in the league a couple of years, but I thought it was finally time for him to break out, and he's been okay so far um and i thought brant clark i thought brant clark would start the year with the kings thought he would he would be uh somehow part of the uh, rotation um but that hasn't happened yet and the way jordan spence is playing i'm not sure exactly when it's going to happen we talked about this a little bit with russell morgan as well um right now brant clark is getting a lot of ice time in the ahl and that's a good thing um right now that's probably benefiting him more than being on the third pairing uh, and and not getting as much ice time. I think, though, at some point this season, I, I think that may have to change. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be a tough – because Jordan Spence has done a good job. You want to be loyal to a guy who's been there before. But at the same time, this is not college or high school sports. Uh, you, It's not just about rewarding loyalty. It's got to be about who are the best players on the ice that can help you win. And I think Brent Clark has a little bit more to give offensively, a little bit more dynamic – could be kind of a game-changing type of player. But, again, that's a decision to be made later in the season. Um, as far as the young player who is going to step in and help out after the first month, I don't know how you can't say it's Alex Laferriere. Uh, and that certainly came out of nowhere. I certainly did not see this coming. I don't think anybody else did. As much as we liked Alex Laferriere and thought this was a guy who could help the Kings in the future, I don't think anybody thought it was going to be this season. Probably not even him. Probably not even the coaching staff. But, uh, things have opened up for him, as we talked about on a previous show. Uh, Victor Arvidsson getting hurt. Uh, Samuel Fogamo being claimed off waivers. The suspension for the first few games for Arthur Kaliev opened up a spot for Alex Laferriere, and the rookie out of Harvard has absolutely uh, taken advantage of the opportunity and has been very good for the LA Kings uh, so far. So to kind of wrap it up, looking through the through the first month of the season, now that October is gone, um, what are, how do we look at the LA Kings? And I would have to say pretty surprised at the balance scoring the Kings have had. Um, just 
up and down the lineup, everybody contributing, which is great. Um, I didn't think it would be quite this good. Um, so that's certainly a positive, especially with Victor Arvidsson out. Um, the penalty kill has been better than I've expected. So that's been good. Again, a little bit disappointed with how the power play is going so far, but I think that that could be corrected and at least be better. It may not be top 10 like it was last year, but somewhere around 10 to 15, I think would be good enough if the penalty kill holds up the way it is that the special teams would be an asset for the LA Kings. Uh, right now, the Kings are, if you look at the entire NHL, they are the eighth best team in the NHL right now as far as points scored uh, with 12, um, fifth in the fifth best in the Western Conference. That's kind of a, where I thought the Kings would be, frankly, after the first month, a team that was definitely in a playoff position, a team that was amongst the better teams in the NHL and the Western Conference. Um, but I didn't see them being like a top five team in the NHL or a top three team in the West uh, right now. Again, they're fifth in the Western conference and again, eighth in the NHL. I think that's about right. I think that's about where I thought they would be. I do think they can get better on that, but uh, I, the only thing I'm surprised about as far as standings and points and those things like that is that the Kings are in third place in the Pacific division. I thought they would be probably second place in the Pacific at this point in the season, but they're only a couple points behind Vancouver. We'll see if the Canucks can keep that surprising start going. Uh, or not. Uh, coming up tonight, as I mentioned, the LA Kings are in Ottawa to take on the Senators and uh, some interesting storylines going into this game involving the Kings and the Senators. Um, and it starts with the potential goalie matchup, and that would be Cam Talbot for the LA Kings and uh, Jonas Corposalo for the Ottawa Senators. Of course, uh, Talbot played in Ottawa last year, now the Kings starting goalie. Um, he did not play great in Ottawa. Um, he was playing for a team that wasn't very good, and he struggled with injury issues as well. So it wasn't a great season in Ottawa for Cam Talbot. So he's back now, a little something to prove, facing his old team. And then there's Jonas Corposalo, um, who the Kings, of course, picked up at the trade deadline last year, decided not to re-sign him, uh, especially when you saw what he did sign for in Ottawa, five years, $20 million. The Kings are not going to be able to offer that. And frankly, I don't know that I would want to give Jonas Corposalo, with all due respect, a five-year contract that the senators have been rolling the dice on their goaltenders over the last few years they had matt murray come in from pittsburgh that didn't work out they tried cam talbot that didn't work out so they uh they've gone with Jonas Corposalo. uh so far on the season a mixed results he's two and three in six games 3.22 goals against the average 902 save percentage so i would say so far not quite what they were hoping for um but uh, it will be an interesting matchup to see uh, former Senators goalie, Cam Talbot, if he starts for the Kings, uh, which is expected, but we'll see. And then Jonas Corposalo, the, the, briefly the former King, going up against his uh, his old team. It's not a lot of bad blood, though, uh, in this as far as when Cam Talbot uh, played Minnesota earlier this year. I think that was there was something there for him. He was motivated to beat his old team, who didn't think he could get it done uh, for them. And uh, he demanded a trade out of Minnesota. He got his wish, went to Ottawa, didn't work out, but now... He's with the L.A. Kings. Uh, also, uh, there's the Quinton Byfield-Tim Stutzla situation. Uh, that is an old storyline that a lot of Kings fans probably aren't uh, necessarily all that interested in because it hasn't worked out for the Kings. Uh, but if you don't remember, uh, Quinton Byfield was the number two pick overall by the Kings in 2020. So Tim Stutzla could have been an option for the Kings. They decided to go with Byfield. Stutzla then went number three overall to Ottawa. And Stutzla has been the much better player. Um, he's been one of the top players for Ottawa ever since he joined them. 75 goals, 187 points in 218 games, as opposed to Quentin Byfield 
10 goals, 39 points in 108 games. Uh, Stutzla has clearly been the better player. Now, Byfield is starting to kind of put it together, and I think there is still time for him to be a very important player and an asset for the LA Kings, but there's no question if you're comparing the two that Tim Stutzla has been the much better player uh, and that the Kings did not make the right selection. That doesn't mean that Quentin Byfield can't still be a very good player for the LA Kings going forward, but, I mean, it is what it is. If you were looking at the draft, who was better? Stutzla or Byfield, it's been Tim Stutzla. So the Ottawa Senators were uh, are happy with the uh, selection. I think ultimately in the end, the Kings will be happy with the selection, but that Quinton Byfield, Tim Stutzla storyline, certainly it's, it's a factor. Uh, anytime you see the Senators play the LA Kings, it's impossible not to think about that situation. A couple more storylines uh, involving tonight's game. We will get to you uh, with that in just a second. Here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. When you're running a, a fantasy draft and putting together a fantasy team, do you wish you could handpick the best stars for your team? Well, that's what you're, that's what it is, right? That's what the point of it is, a fantasy draft. Well, do you wish you could do that for your business team as well? Actually, you can with Indeed. You can build your talent roster uh, they've got a great hiring platform. You can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when all you need to do is go to Indeed. Indeed does the hard work for you, sponsor a job, and they'll match you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description right when you post. With Indeed, you can start hiring fast. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast and Indeed knows that you're growing your own business. You have to make every dollar count, and that's why Indeed, uh, you only pay for quality applications uh, that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? Then you need Indeed. And this episode also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with uh, any $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including point spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. LA Kings play the Ottawa Senators tonight, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of the LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. Uh, interesting. Another interesting storyline for the Kings Senators coming up tonight. Uh, you may recall Jacob Chikrin is now playing for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, he, of course, was the main focus for a lot of people coming to the L.A. Kings to solve the issue the Kings had on their left side defensively. Uh, and it was almost it seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. We did a couple episodes, certainly, about Jacob Chikrin coming to L.A. Obviously, that did not happen. The Kings ultimately decided to go with Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Korpusala at the trade deadline last year. They end up re-signing Gavrikov. I'm very happy with what he's done. Um, Jacob Chikrin eventually ended up being traded to the Ottawa Senators, so we'll see him tonight. And uh, last year, uh, he got hurt. 
Uh, but so far this year for uh, Ottawa, Chikrin has looked very good. He's off to a strong start. Four goals, four assists uh, through eight games. So uh, Jacob Chikrin it did not uh, end up being an L.A. King, ended up playing in Ottawa. So uh, there's that little storyline tonight between the Kings and the Senators as well. Real quick for the Ottawa Senators. Um, they are still in a rebuild, just kind of doing a scouting report on them. Um, they have missed the playoffs six straight seasons. They're currently four and four on the season, eight points. They've been okay, um, at least competitive uh, in the Atlantic division, although uh, they are in last place in their division, but the division is really good. It's not, you know, when you say they're in last place, it's not like the Sharks in the Pacific. Um, they're, they're, you know, they, if they go on a, a little bit of a winning streak, they could certainly move up the standings, but it's a, it's a tough division that they play in. Uh, but some interesting news so far this year for the Ottawa Senators, some drama off the ice, if you will. Uh, they just fired their general manager, Pierre Dorian, who had been on the job for the past uh, eight years. Um, the move came after the Senators were stripped by the NHL of the future first-round pick for uh, they, what they what happened was they had traded a player, Yevgeny Dodonov, to the Vegas Golden Knights. And apparently they didn't make it clear that Dodonov had a no-trade clause. So Vegas uh, eventually wanted to trade him to Anaheim. Then they found out that he had this limited no-trade clause. And so the Ducks were on his list of teams he didn't want to go to. So after they had consummated this trade with the Ducks, they found out, oh, from his agent, no, he, he's, he can't go there. You can't send him there. He has a limited no-trade clause, which Ottawa didn't let them know about to begin with. So they ended up having to void that trade. Now, they did eventually trade him to another team. I can't remember where they sent him. Um, but uh, needless to say, the Ducks weren't happy about it. The Golden Knights weren't happy about it. They filed a complaint with the NHL. The NHL has now eventually ruled on that. And again, they've stripped the Ottawa Senators of a future first-round pick over this. Uh, the Senators have new ownership this season. Um, and so uh, Pierre Dorian wasn't their guy to begin with, but they didn't make a change because he'd done an okay job overseeing the rebuild for the Senators. But after this, they were like, uh, no, we're, we're not going to keep you around. You're not our guy anyway. This is embarrassing that this happened. Uh, you needed to make this clear. You didn't do your job. And so they fired their general manager, Pierre Dorian, just the other day. So that'll be interesting uh, that there's some turmoil going on behind the scenes a little bit with Ottawa. Don't know if that will affect anything on the ice, but that's a big story for the Ottawa Senators. Another big story for them this year has been uh, one of their players, Shane Pinto, uh, is a guy who's been suspended 41 games for violating gambling issues. Um, and so I, I believe they, the league announced that he didn't bet on NHL games. Um, but as far as I know, this is the first kind of um, suspension involving an NHL player and violating gambling rules. Of course, gambling, as you know, we've talked about FanDuel, our friends on this show. It's a big deal in the NHL these days and in all sports um, with the legalizing of, of gambling that has gone on. Uh, so, but as players, you're not allowed to be involved in any of that. So Shane Pinto, 41 game suspension for the Ottawa center. So it's been an interesting year so far for Ottawa. I uh, do want to mention real quick. Um, we had the, the, uh, very unfortunate, uh, incident, obviously a tragic incident with Adam Johnson, former player for the Ontario rain, um, former player for the Pittsburgh penguins who was tragically killed 
in uh, uh, an incident uh, playing in England when he got hit in the neck with a skate blade. Um, obviously, this has had a lot of uh, impact in the NHL. And just wanted to mention that um, we're seeing now uh, the wheels moving as far as players wearing neck guards to protect themselves over some sort of a, you know, unlikely but catastrophic type of injury that couldn't happen because obviously they're wearing very sharp blades on their skates. Um, so I have, I saw the Western Hockey League, one of the top junior leagues in Canada, is making uh, the net guards mandatory. Uh, I know the English League, the English Pro League, has made them mandatory after this. Um, and there are some other leagues. There's some other teams. I, the Pittsburgh Penguins have made it mandatory for all of their, their players in the uh, ECHL and AHL to wear net guards as well. So the Adam Johnson incident was obviously tragic. They're now being trying to be positive repercussions going forward. It's like a Kevlar kind of a thing that goes around your neck, almost kind of like a tight, like a headband around your neck that can help prevent something like this from happening. I don't know that there's anything that can make it a hundred percent safe when you're involving things like this, but kind of the legacy perhaps of Adam Johnson is players eventually using this protective equipment to prevent, to try and prevent something like that from ever happening again, which we're certainly all in favor of. You know, we saw with visors, if you're an older fan like me, there were, you know, players didn't have to wear visors. Now that's been grandfathered in going through the the lower levels of hockey. And now it's something that a lot of players don't even think about. It's pretty much mandatory. There may be a couple of guys still left in the NHL where they've grandfathered this in, but the wheels are turning. I don't know if they're going to make this mandatory in the NHL anytime soon, but if everybody in the lower the lower levels and the minor leagues are wearing them, then obviously it's not going to be a big deal for players to wear them in the NHL. Um, and with technology, what it is, they're starting to make these things you know, more comfortable, lighter, not as bulky, and um, so players will maybe be more receptive to wearing these neck guards going forward. So that could be the um, the, the legacy of, of Adam Johnson. That is going to do it for today's show on the road here in New York. Um, not the uh, greatest situation, but hopefully you guys uh, are uh, are okay with what we're doing. Um, looking forward tomorrow to talking about hopefully another Kings road win, staying perfect on the road as they take on the Ottawa Senators. For those of you uh, that are everydayers that listen and watch Locked on LA Kings every day, uh, we are going to have a recap on the Senators game coming up tomorrow and also try and read some of your emails and comments uh, on a Friday fan feedback show. The email address is always LockedOnEddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, and you can always leave your comments in the uh, YouTube comment section as well if you're watching on YouTube. Love for you to stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at LockedOnLAKings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you for joining me on vacation for this episode of Locked on LA Kings. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, and as always, Go Kings Go.